0: Your head out of the clouds. Get your feet back on the ground. Get stuck into pop culture with stick
1: around. Hello there and welcome
2: to Stick Around. When Drake said we were the finest pop culture
0: podcast around, we really felt that. We really did. <laughs> Sponsored by Space Force America, fuck yeah Coming again to save the motherfucking day Yeah, America, fuck yeah Freedom is the only way Yeah, space aliens, your game is through Because now you have to answer to America, fuck yeah You're probably all communists anyway <laughs> Great cover do you have an irrational and ignorant hatred of anything slightly different to you? Well, aliens are really different. Go on down to your local recruitment office and apply for the Space Force. We gonna blow them aliens up! <coughs> <laughs> Rico's Roughnecks! <He-yah! laughs>
1: it's like um, if Zach Brannigan was in charge of Starship Troopers. That's what Space Force <laughs> is going to be like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're here for uh, Stick Around Music. Uh, you've just heard the delightful voice of Clive Fisher.
0: Hi. Sorry, I was gulping some water there.
1: <laughs> and the, um, well, I'd hardly call it delightful, but the, the interesting voice of Michael Johnson. Thank you. Sorry, that was a bit harsh, <laughs> that. i um... oh, sorry. <laughs> is it just me who imagines that Space Force is like, they're in the middle of space and there's like, Look, in my head, it's Zap Brannigan and Kiff from Futurama just talking. And Zap Brannigan's like, um, <laughs> uh, it's too quiet out there. Far too quiet. And it's, <laughs> his subordinate just points out that you can't hear anything in space. And he goes, that's what the, you know, experts want you to think. <laughs> Blow up fake that news. asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fake news, man. If anything, though, out of all the colossal wastes of money going... Space Force is definitely the funniest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may as well have a good laugh out of it. And I am definitely not on board if they change the name. It's got to be Space
0: Force. Yeah, I hope the logo's ridiculous, because isn't he getting his supporters to design it? (laughs) So I'm expecting, like,
2: some sort of... I've seen some interesting submissions on Twitter. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining it's just going to be a great big phallus
1: with an American flag on the side of it.
0: <laughs> <I don't laughs> anyway,
1: have we been, um, aside from chuckling about Space Force, have we been listening to a lot of music?
0: Um, yeah, quite a lot, but kind of the same. I've been listening to the same few albums a lot, which are the ones I'm going to talk about. So, mm. haven't not been as prolific in terms of amount of albums as last year, I don't feel, but still a fair amount. For me,
2: absolutely shed loads. Spoil- yep. Spoilt for choice, and uh, there's loads of albums I'll be able to talk about on the next few podcasts as well. That's how many there's been, so but I've, I've got a selection here of recent listens.
1: So my own personal music taste has been listening to a lot of uh, radio, BBC Radio Six, which has a lot of good music on, but also I feel distinctly uncool listening to it, thinking, oh, this is good, yeah, but I don't really get it, do I? You know, <laughs> where, where's that nineties mega pop mix to the palate cleanser? <laughs> Um, anyway uh, we're going to start today with a double review I believe with Eagles Cliff's own Michael Johnson give us a noise Clive
2: very accurate <laughs> go ahead
0: I, I, I need <laughs> to get you. my lead now so I'll be back in a minute
2: oh, that that's, that saves me from being distracted by Clive's gorgeous face because he hasn't turned his
0: camera off <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh well, hang on I'll, I'll best do that <laughs> catch me picking my nose again
2: <laughs> that's easier that makes it easier okay so i'm going to start by talking about uh lush by snail Mill, which is the uh artist name of lindsey jordan of maryland uh, who is an emerging indie artist uh, this is an album of gorgeous very spare indie rock compositions Released on Matador, which at the moment is a real seal of quality. Um, also home to a band I talked about on the last podcast, Car Seat Headrest. Um, this has quite a '90s vibe to it, I think, uh, with a lot of sort of pristine post rock sort of guitar lines. Uh, back when post rock was more of an emerging genre itself, um, as I said, quite a DIY indie style to it. Uh, it's made up of some slower, more sweeping compositions, and then rockier numbers. And is basically all in the vein of uh, confessional bedroom pop. Uh, it's been compared to Frank Ocean a little bit in that sense, uh, and it's certainly in terms of a lyrical sense, it's quite it's quite vague, but gra- it's grappling with feelings of uh, teenage love, boredom, and really the uh, I think the absolutism of some of those teenage emotions, um, you know, the refusal refusal to compromise with some of those feelings. Um, I think one of the 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 key comparisons with Ocean's material, I think, which makes it logical, is that it's in no way jaded or anything, which I think is something to do with the, the age that it's coming from. It feels more wide-eyed and curious, which I think is exactly why it's such an exciting debut from a very young artist. It'll be interesting to see what else she's capable of. But th- this doesn't attempt to reinvent the wheel, and it proves that you don't have to, because it's just an, uh, an excellent collection of songs. So a very exciting debut album. Um, on the other end of the scale, an album that I've been listening to uh, from a much more established artist, one of my favourites, of course, um, that I certainly have to talk about, uh, Yeah, the new album by Kanye West. So this is part of a series of albums that West produced uh, while uh, working in uh, Jackson Hole in Wyoming during this year, uh, along with um, his collaboration with Kid Cudi, the Kid See Ghosts album, uh, the new Pusha T album, Tiana Taylor and Nas albums uh, all of them are uh, very lean length this clocks in at around 23 minutes only 7 tracks long very unusual um, for any artist really but obviously for Kanye who's had some uh, some whoppers in terms of run length in his time um, I don't think I need to go into much of the controversial build up to uh, this album that occurred during the summer uh, it certainly made me wonder what to expect going in especially when I saw the length of the album which is quite peculiar once i managed to give it a listen recently i think it really cemented um the fact that i don't think west is ever likely to release a project that i don't get some enjoyment out of because I, I really found this one to be another interesting one uh unlike the life of pablo his previous studio album which was uh, at first felt very scattershot and is really uh still but was a massive grower that really i appreciated more of a time this seemed a lot more instant uh, it opens with the track "I Thought About Killing You," which is basically a spoken word style, largely uh, track um, which details West's um, you know c- quite raw and unbridled uh, thoughts about killing someone. We're not we're not really told who, but uh, certainly an interesting way to start an album. Uh, I think lyrically it's not his finest effort uh, f- uh, from a technical perspective as well in terms of the rapping. But musically, I thought these were all mini-epics, um, truly in the vein of uh, West's excellent production over his career. The second half of it in particular is a throwback to some of the soulful stylings of his earliest work. Uh, tracks like Wouldn't Leave and Ghost Town, especially the latter, have a very emotional kick to them. Uh, the final track, Violent Crimes, um, has West um, imagining his daughter, uh, Nori, or North, as she's uh, more commonly known, uh, grown up, has some very... Uh, interesting lyrical material as well i just think the whole album as enjoyable as it was and as instant as instantly as i got something out of it is tinged with a certain sadness i think west's career trajectory like i say i I think he continues to release really interesting music but there's there's been a i think this year in particular from as as from the perspective of a huge fan there's and certainly from my political perspective there's been uh, you know a bit of tragedy about it but Kanye does whatever whatever he wants to do he's um he can't be accused of following any crowds or anything like that uh he's always been a very interesting individual in a way the whole thing is a circus but the re- the, the thing that makes the ride worth it is always the music and even though this is a strange album in terms of its length and uh you know where it's coming from it's uh, i thought it was another really good one
1: okay interesting so i, w- I was going to ask you about the politics How much does that have an effect on how much you enjoy Kanye? Uh,
2: Personally, for me, not at all. Um, I mean, I'd love West to, uh, you know, have the views that are aligned exactly with my own, but that's not going to happen. I wouldn't demand that of any artist, Um, and I don't think this uh, this album. only if you listen to it, there isn't exactly any political content to it.
1: Ah, my next question answered. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's not really referenced. I mean, some of what happened this summer with Kanye and his views is referenced on the album. Uh, which was recorded over a matter of of weeks during the summer, I believe. Um, So it is referred to, but this really isn't an album heavy in political content or anything like that. And I mean, regardless of what's going on, Kanye is always an interesting thinker, in my opinion. Um, He's always one of the artists, celebrities that I'm most interested in. Um, Sometimes, you know, things go a little bit too far for my tastes. That certainly happened this year. Um, There's no need to talk about it because everyone knows what I'm referring to. But um you know it's never going to be dull and it, it you get the the benefit of the fact that the same applies to the music so that's mm. that's where i stand on it
1: so no no direct reference then to donald trump
2: uh not really to trump i mean there's a reference to the uh, the slavery debacle on the album Okay. Uh, but the track um, that West did in the summer, collaborating with Ti, uh, "Year Versus the People," which is uh, basically a, a di- direct argument about uh, Trump set to music, that doesn't feature on the album. So, I think uh, that that whole bit has been kept sort of firewalled from the actual album itself a little bit. Even though it's hard to obviously separate the two when it's mm. it's it's basically been part of a promotional strategy. How much that was intended or not, I don't know. But it, obviously, you can't. The two are inextricable.
1: My only other question wasn't about Kanye, actually. Um, Have you talked about Snail Mail before? Um, On the pod? No, I don't believe so, no. I've heard, um, I swear, I don't know who else I would have heard mention Snail Mail.
2: I've tweeted about the album before. Ah,
1: maybe that's it, maybe that's it. Clive, any thoughts on these two albums?
0: Um, What was the first one? Because I went to get my cable, so I missed the name of it, but it sounded really good. I came in, like, halfway through.
2: (laughs) All right, yeah, it was uh, Lush by Snail Mail.
0: Lush by Snail Mail. That's correct. Sorry, you crack, you crack, you're breaking up quite a lot. Um.
1: So, Clive, any thoughts on the new Kanye album? I don't know if you've listened or not.
0: Um. I haven't listened. I well, I have, but not properly. I've enjoyed what I've heard, but um, I've actually got two reviews of the other of the. Is it five year five year released in a row? Uh, Michael, we Yeah, yes. Right? So five five this summer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's. I've I've got another two of those which I'll do next. Um seeing as I was going to do them last but it seems thematic to follow this with them too so I've listened to them more than right. yay but yay is next on the list so I'm hoping to check it out and properly and I'm excited too but I'm kind of working through Kanye's early stuff at the minute more so than his later I've been really enjoying um college dropout a lot yeah. super fun album Classic. so <clears throat> massively yeah
1: mm. um okay then so from uh stuck Nantes, to the Steel City, Clive Fisher, what have you got for us today?
0: Um, right, well, like I say, I'll, I'll start with the two albums, um, also in those five albums that Kanye released, and I'll start first off with my favourite of the two, which is um, Kid See Ghosts, with the album Kid See Ghosts. Um, it's the debut album by a hip-hop duo of Kanye West and Kid Cudi, which um, I used to think was Kid Cudi, uh, until I was corrected it is apparently Kid Cudi, um, who've enjoyed a strong friendship apparently, um, with a, along with a couple of fallings out back since they met in 2008. Um, this is the third of those albums that um, Michael has talked about. The first is the, and the next one I'm going to review, which is Daytona by Pusha T. Second was Kanye's Yay, I think. Then this one, there's a Nas one, and then I'm not sure what the final one is, I've forgotten. This one's kind of... It's got a kind of psychedelic, uh, almost slightly grungy feel to it. The tracks are well produced and yet still raw. And it seems to me like it seems in it that the tracks themselves were put down um, quite quickly, but the there was quite a lot of padding added afterwards. If you know what I mean, but they kind of stuck with the, the structure they had at the start because it feels, I don't know, it feels kind of quite immediate and um, and raw. Like I say, um, I'll just go into a few of the tracks from the album. Uh, feel the love the first one is a really great start to the uh, album it's got this super simple chorus feel the love and um, it's got this kind of boundless energy uh, Kanye's just like going brap 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 in the background and then um that kind of echoes later on with the um instruments some drums making a, a similar sound that he was doing with his with his mouth earlier on in the song and I, I really really like that um it it finishes at its height, there's kind of there's no fade out, it's just kind of this big build-up, bam, and then it's done. And I really, really like that um finish to the song and I thought it was a brilliant sort of pulsing start to the album. Um next I've got fourth dimension, which starts with a great sample from I believe it's Louis Prima, Louis or Louis Prima, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um before a driving beat and rap, reminiscent of um college dropout era Kanye that I've just talked about. Um it's kind of full of energy, pretty darn funny at points too. Kid Cuddy Kanye um, does the kind of more humorous verses And then Kid Cudi sings a very kind of open verse About his struggles with mental health Featuring a really catchy part The sample kind of re-emerges Again the one that I've mentioned Louis Prima As the song closes out and into a nice skit About uh, not overdoing a song Two and a half minutes is all you need. That's enough for a record, he says. And, um, and another really, really good song. And again, quite short. Again, this is, um, Michael's mentioned that Yay was seven tracks. This is seven tracks. I believe all five of the albums released in these five weeks were seven tracks long and around about the 20 minute mark. This also fits that bill. Um, lastly I'm going to talk about a song called Free Possibly my favourite It's hard to pick because I like a lot of them um, It's got a really grungy feel to it And when the riff comes in it's got real power The rapping over the top is fabulous Great flow to it And <laughs> essentially it's a song about freedom And I love it when the vocal kind of just goes I feel free And there's kind of got these endless Not harmonies but loads of, loads of uh, vocal overdubs Of the same thing And it kind of just makes you feel like you're I don't know like you are free it's this weird sort of psychedelic um effect it creates you can quit your job to this is a <laughs> a particular highlight on the lyrical front which kind of it has the power it comes in at just the right point where you've kind of submitted to the power of the song and you, you kind of feel like just throwing your resignation paper in and uh you know flipping a bird to your boss and walking out and <laughs> um, it's Ty dollar sign um i believe features on this and has a has a has an excellent feature. It's it's completely wacky, completely brilliant, all at the same time. A real highlight on the album for me. Uh, things take a little bit of a breather with uh, the final three tracks, with um, Cudi's more sort of melancholy voice proving a, a really good counterpiece to Kanye's most pers- more personal lyrics um, on the song "Reborn," in particular. And I think the album finishes beautifully with this, with this with the song, which is called uh, "Cudi Montage," which is this great sort of clanky guitar riff driving things, um, quite unique before the brilliant climax. Shine your light on me, save me, please. Which just kind of repeats and repeats until the end. And it's just, I don't know, a perfect ending to what is an absolutely brilliant album and my favourite album of the year so far. I absolutely love it. It's It feels like two good friends kind of pushing each other or at least, you know, inspiring each other to create something that is just full of energy, full of variety, bursting with life and colour. It's a really special album. I think it, at 23 minutes it does what, you know, a lot of albums fail to do in twice as much time and it's just twenty three minutes of bangers. I'm glad it hasn't been padded out with anything, you know, below the excellent <laughs> quality of the the seven tracks that are here. It's just super enjoyable on you know, on a sort of surface level, but also super interesting when you get more into it and there's just you're kind of not really sure what's gonna come because of that kind of raw nature of the um the sequencing and the kind of um the, way, the structuring is the word i'm after the structuring of the songs um it's really really good i think everyone should check it out and i don't know if that many people have so highly recommended um the next one i'm going to talk about is uh like i've mentioned daytona by Pusha t which was the first of these five albums to come out which um gathered some controversy because i believe kanye in his infinite wisdom decided to change the cover art a uh, I can't remember, I think it might have even been like a day before release to a picture of Whitney Houston's bathroom or something. Um, Not entirely sure why, probably just to create controversy and uh, sell more albums, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily suit the album, I don't think, so that's interesting, but... um, like I say, it's the first of those five, five albums released. Pusha T, notably, is um, currently the president of Kanye's good uh, music label. Thematically, the album largely talks about... It's a little less interesting, in my opinion, than Kids See Ghost and the kind of themes of mental health in that. And um, This one largely talks about Pusha T's past as a drug dealer, which I'm told is generally what he raps about anyway. Um, and how kind of good he was at it, as well as alluding to the fact that he was a dealer before he made it in music. Where a lot of people make it in music and then learn what drug dealing's all about, so that they can write about it and pretend they did it. <laughs> um, the whole album is brilliantly produced um, by Kanye. Um, I'll just go into a couple of songs. If you know, you know. You know the opening track talks about his drug dealing past. Surprise, surprise. And um, how you'll understand if you've had the same sort of. Drug dealer lifestyle. He has that, that you'll understand what he's going through, and otherwise you're not going to. And um, the production is great, with some kind of gentle screeching sounds over the top of a you know a fairly basic but punchy hip hop beat. And um, again, things get mixed up with various well chosen samples, something that I think Kanye is a master at, and it really sets the tone again for things to come. I think the opening track this is the thing I always uh, say is a really important thing on an album. I think it's a good. Th- Great to kind of set the tone for what's coming in the album. The games we play, the next song um, I'm going to talk about, is a similar drug-dealing topic. This time um, the beat is a bit more retro. There's kind of a clangy guitar bringing about a similar atmosphere to college, dropout-era Kanye again, um, I'd say. Once again, Pusha T's intense vocal style demands attention. He's particularly on fire here, perhaps his uh, best vocals on this track. Hard Piano um, is a song that I've heard some people uh complaining as one of the weaker tracks on the album for me it's a highlight i really like it i've heard in particular people saying that the opening is labored and yeah it does i can sort of see what they're on about when the piano comes back in after the first pause it feels a little bit um a little bit labored for (laughs) you know i like to plagiarize words um it 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 waits a little bit longer than as ideal but to be honest i didn't notice that until i read the criticisms so i wouldn't it's not something that I've particularly noticed and even now that I've read the criticism, I still really love the song. Um I love the piano loop um compared with a smooth beat, which kind of kept in line by some gentle sixteenth, sort of hi-hat sounding sixteenths. It really carries the song and Pusha T's vocals gel with it brilliantly, creating kind of a really kind of smooth track, uh, whereas um a lot of the album's tracks are a bit harsher. I'm a sucker for the melodic synth too, which which adds oodles of atmosphere. The chorus by, um, I'm told, the world famous Tony Williamson. He's not world famous. That's his full name, I believe. Um, <laughs> it is, is catchy too. Now that's how the tingo. I'm back from Santa Domingo. Um, is how that goes. Um, the city don't. The city Santa Domingo, no doubt, making an appearance due to its reputation as one of the drug capitals of the world, uh, which I found out when I was, you know, hitchhiking around down South America um santeria now this one is probably my favorite of the album because i think it's the most interesting one this time the lyrics take a slight turn from the usual uh, drug dealing and deal with the murder of pusher t's friend Davon on dayday pickett who i believe was his tour manager could be getting that wrong um i love the predict- uh, produ- prediction production on this one the break where, the god's sake the breakdown halfway through the song Yateva va a la mañana um the guy sings which is sung um entirely in spanish with a hell of a lot of reverb and sort of this unsettling droning sound in the background is really affecting it really kind of feels like the song's fallen down a hole and um it's just kind of everything's gone except for this really haunting kind of sound um Towards the end, the beat speeds up and the intensity increases um, of Pusha T's rapping in particular. It all kind of brilliantly drops into back into that haunting Spanish segment again um, when the song finishes off. It's a fantastic track that feels way longer than three minutes. When I checked the length, I was shocked that it was three minutes long. It's just one of those that feels a bit like an epic with the amount of things that it does, but <laughs> apparently it gets it done within three minutes, so quite impressive. Last track, um, which is kind of notable because of the lyrical content that you you guys which touches on what you guys were mentioning earlier about Kanye. Uh, What would Meek do, which features a verse by Kanye addressing his controversial comments a few months before this album's release about Trump and slavery. Although um, I don't think it does anything really to explain or add anything of interest to the comments really. There's no doubt that it's a fun verse to listen to. Um, It starts brilliantly, you know, am I too complex for complex con? Everything ye say cause a new debate. Um, And, you know, it goes... (laughs) <laughs> much much like that the whole thing is a really kind of fun flow to it even though like I say I don't feel like it adds anything particularly interesting to, to the things that he said um, needless to say the production is as smooth as butter it's, Smooth as butter again it's I really like this album it's got fantastic production from start to finish by Kanye although I wouldn't say there's anything as standout on the production front on here as on Kid, Kid Sea Ghost with the exception of Santeria um, I'd say it is very good throughout and the vocals are great, they maintain their intensity, Pusha T's really good at that, he's really good at um, rapping in a way which kind of makes you pay attention, it's just I thought the, you know, the lyrical content wasn't something that interested me all that much, but then again there's something to be said for singing about what you know, Pusha T knows dealing clearly, clearly and uh, so he sings about it, so you know, more power to him, so yeah. Two really, really good albums, my preference is with Kids Sea ghost. I just feel it 's a little bit more interesting and a little bit more unpredictable and a little bit more fun, i suppose but um Daytona is definitely a really, really good really good album as well and um, michael have you i'm assuming you 've listened to one of these at least, but maybe i 'm wrong
2: i've uh, i 've heard Daytona once uh, i 've just got it okay. recently um, so i 've only heard it once so i didn 't want to talk about it just yet, um, but it does seem to i mean it seems to have been. I don't know. Some people have acclaimed this one the most out of the five albums. Other people have probably acclaimed Kid See Ghost the most. Um, I mean, I haven't heard that um, because for some reason, Ye and Daytona have been released on CD. Kid C Ghost doesn't seem to have any sort of CD release. It's very perplexing, I think. I don't know who's in charge of these release strategies, but either release them all on CD or none, I would have thought. <laughs> You'd think. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like. uh, really interesting. Yeah, exactly. But really interesting to hear you say Kid Goss is your favourite of the year, I don't think I've ever heard you do so much singing in a review either, so that seems to be a good sign to me.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's because I, I did a YouTube review of both of these uh, in which I did some singing, so it was kind of, oh, well, uh, written, yeah. it, it was written into the notes here, so... Right, I felt like I had to do it, so... You know.
1: um, yeah, you'll be not surprised to hear I have no comment to pass on this, I'm afraid, but um, sounds interesting, though. Um, well, we've had a big Kanye
2: theme today. I like that.
0: Yeah, we have <laughs> definitely.
2: What would you recommend to me, Clive? I might.
0: Um Kids See Ghost. I think you will like it. I think it's. Okay, um, you know yeah. what?
1: I'm not going to test the internet right now. Uh, but once we finish the pod, I'll download it and I'll listen to it tomorrow on the bus, and I'll let you know what
0: I think. I think um, it It's fun. So uh, check it out. Kid Bop Ghost is the more fun, instantly accessible of the two. I'd say um also yeah like i say i think it's a bit more interesting i think it's absolutely brilliant i think it's like i say my favorite album of the year so far so we shall see what tops it usually uh, quite often there is kind of wacky fun albums that get to the top of my list and this definitely fits that bill so (laughs) Um, i know avalanches uh were top of my list a couple of years ago for pretty much that reason Mm. so yeah, we shall see um, yeah two really good albums so I, I'm quite liking this thing of releasing five in a row and them having seven tracks and I don't know I quite like these kind of short punchy because I could get them I was listening to them while I was still at school it's now summer holidays um, and I could get the album finished on my commute which was nice and um, meant I could kind of pay real attention to it um, so I thought that was good and even though I think there's been mixed success such as I'm currently listening to Nas uh, he did it's just called Nasir I think which um, I'm enjoying like two or three of the tracks on but i think some of it's a bit bland um so it doesn't seem like all five are a massive success but (laughs) still you know if you get three good albums out of it that's pretty good and i think it's a a good way to kind of do something a bit more experimental for for seven tracks
2: yeah the uh the fifth album clive i don't know if you could hear me say earlier because obviously we're having some internet problems but uh that's the tiana taylor album
0: uh-huh. Okay, yes, yeah. No, I didn't hear you saying it earlier. Must have been internet death, but
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. I think these uh these shorter releases are the perfect antidote to this age of hip-hop double albums that we seem to have ventured Yeah, now. I was uh, I'm not going to talk about it at length today, but the uh, the new Drake album basically suffers from exactly the same as the Migos album that I mentioned earlier mm. in the year. Uh, I do enjoy it. There's a lot of good material on it, but there's no obvious reason for it to be a double album other than uh, the same cynical reason of cra- um, mm. you know chalking up more streams. Uh, so it's nice to see some albums that aren't sort of going for that model.
1: So it is. I, I would I would interject here that. I can see that it is a cynical reason for choking up the streams, but haven't the musicians kind of been forced down this route by the fact that they're not getting paid as much from the streaming services? Perhaps.
2: Am I, well, am I wrong there? I'm not really sure to be honest, but yeah, if that is if that's the reason, it just buys into the same problem, really, doesn't it? It's it's all all all
0: associated with streaming.
1: Mm. So, yeah, I mean,
0: it's a br- it's a br- I mean, yeah, there's um, it's currently. Um, I retweeted something, I think, at the minute. I don't know, you know, it's probably oversimplified, but artists at the minute make 12% of the money from music, <laughs> which uh, that's seems, seems low. Sicken- sickeningly low. Obviously, that's, yeah, that's different depending on how popular yeah, you are. Like, I'm sure Kanye makes
1: way more than 12%. But
0: um... Yeah, exactly. But um, but he does a lot more of it himself, which yeah. makes sense, I think, nowadays. But, yeah, there's there's got to be some other... I mean, to be fair, I think streaming is just too cheap like um i don't think you can like get any album for 10 pound a month seems it's for me it's just too cheap like there's no way you can pay artists enough and charge that <laughs> it needs to be more and i'd happily pay more and um, yeah that's that's my opinion on it like i don't understand how you could possibly pay with just paying 10 pounds and listening yeah fair enough some people aren't gonna that's like the equivalent of someone buying one album a month which but yet yeah, they can listen to anything and you know the the Artists aren't getting more of a percentage than they would with a CD, so I don't know. Just seems seems a bit. Cr- it seems like they should have some sort of limit thing of like, okay, you can pay ten pound a month, but then you can only listen to whatever a certain amount of streams like three or three
1: albums or, something. or pick
0: yeah. pick two hundred songs, maybe if you're more of a playlists person or you know a few playlists or something yeah. like that. But if you'd have the unlimited package, it costs more and a higher it, percentage goes. It to It them. wouldn't
1: work now though because people have grown no exactly this expectation.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, for sure.
1: I mean, you're probably going to laugh at the comparison, but I mean it with deadly seriousness. This reminds me of... I listened to a John Ronson podcast called The Butterfly Effect, which is talking about the effect that Pornhub had on the porn industry. And it was saying how, you know, porn performers, you know, just for inflation, make something in the region of 60% less money than they used to 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think does actually translate over to... Um, the music industry, in the sense that streaming sites or tube sites, in the t- in the terms of uh, the porn industry, has just absolutely the middleman is king. Basically, they've absolutely rinsed the artists who have no real choice but to get on board if they want to make anything.
0: And you're quite right. It's the I think you said the key word expectation. I think there's people, you know, people who don't make music, who don't do anything, and they they expect, you know, they think ten pounds. I've heard people say that's expensive, and I'm like, come on, get a grip. You pay, I don't know, just it blows my mind that people think that's expensive. You'd pay if someone painted something, you'd pay, you know, a decent amount of money for that to put it up in your house, and everyone's just. I don't know. I think like the value of art is dropping because people seem to think it should be available stupidly cheap and it should be even free. Like you, you know, if you play places now, most of the time you don't get paid, and people just expect you to play for exposure, um, which you know is kind of ludicrous. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, ridiculous. it's art is like art is a massive part of our lives, and I don't think it gets anywhere near as much uh, <laughs> money put into it as it should. Or the people, the rom- the people in it, money gets put into it, but the wrong people get the money. I would. Want-
2: I wouldn't laugh at that analogy because I think it's spot on. I mean, going to taking a different tack with it, you know, obviously tube tube sites have totally distorted the way that people look at sex. It's the same with streaming. To me, it's distorted completely the way that people look at music. I think there was a poll, I remember a poll about five or so years ago, maybe a bit more, which found that a massive majority of under 18-year-olds thought that music should all be free. Now that's mm-hmm. a huge misunderstanding of how music works, and it's easy for me to say this as someone who obviously has the, is lucky enough to have the disposable oh, income yeah, to sure, support sure. collecting music. But you get out of it what you put into it, and if you are collecting music and taking that time to treasure it, rather than just streaming it with a short attention span, you know, it, you're going to have a completely different understanding of it. And I just, yeah, I think there's a lot of distortion of uh, of opinions of how music works and what it should, you know, what it really brings to us.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I subscribe to Spotify. I like it. It's my primary way of listening to stuff. I download it, have it on my phone, and then I listen to it. You know, I download five albums, I'll focus on those five albums and listen to them attentively. I'm probably not your standard Spotify user in that I don't put playlists on or whatever. But... Mm-hmm then I try to buy my very favourite albums, but that's like, even that I don't particularly have any need to have my albums lying around the house, you know, I'd quite happily not have them, but um, I'm almost doing that because I feel like I need to give some more money to the artists. I'd rather Spotify just charge me more uh, and, and more of it went to the artists or, you know, yeah. or some other way for me to, you kind of have to go round um, to, pay, to pay the artists enough nowadays and it's like, even if you want to, it's quite difficult. It's, Mm-hmm. Just feels a bit stupid to me. Um, I think streaming itself is fine, and like I say, I think there should just be different models of it. And uh, people like me, who basically listen to shit tons of stuff every week and <laughs> hours and hours, should not be paying ten pounds a month. It's quite ludicrous. Um, <laughs> but
2: yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a very um, you know, it's a very honest uh, you know and refreshing view yeah. to have. It's like people saying you know, acknowledging that they should be paying more tax. It's rare, but you know, some people do. <laughs>
1: So I, I'm um, I'm a subscriber to Apple Music rather than Spotify just because I was roped into it by my mobile phone supplier who gave me six months free and then it started going over and I realised I was using it. Now I probably do get about a fair amount of use out of it for my nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, I'm probably not robbing anyone with the amount I listen, or at least I don't think I, not much anyway. But yeah, if it's someone like yourself who's almost constantly streaming or downloading then yeah you're probably I mean obviously
0: they they get money per stream so because I'm streaming more they're going to get more money off me but um yeah so I assume I don't really get how it works I just think overall they need to A. give more higher percentage I I think if they gave a higher percentage to the artist at the minute they'd just go bust it wouldn't work um so they need to charge more because the artists aren't getting enough it's ridiculous um, and also there needs to be a model of people who you know the the artists who are already making absolutely loads it needs to be capped or something to give to give people lower down a bit of a chance of because the 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 bar for entry of becoming a band that can pay for itself is stupidly high um you know most bands i listen to probably still do some part time work or <laughs> uh, yeah it's just kind of impossible so quite sad but we'll see what happens no. On that
1: n- <laughs> I was going to say, on that somber note, let's hope Michael Johnson can cheer us up with a
2: nice double review. Of ha- happy, <laughs> sure fun time,
1: sunshine music. <laughs> well, that
2: was a, you know, it was a great discussion, great impromptu yeah. discussion. But, uh, yeah, so for the other two albums that I'm going to talk about, firstly, uh, I'm going to talk about one of the uh, metal highlights of the year. feels like a, while, a little while since we've talked about any metal. Ooh, um, what type is this? This is a bit of uh, Stoner slash Doom metal. Oh. oh, excellent! So I'm just a grim reaper with a doobie, basically. That's I'm thinking. <laughs> That's the exact image it conjures. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the um, the sciences. The surprise comeback by um, the American band Sleep. Their first album in um, oh, nigh on twenty years. Their last album was um, an album they recorded in the late nineties. Uh, Dope smoker, or some, sometimes known as Jerusalem. Uh, that was fraught with uh, huge difficulties their label felt that it was unmarketable we've heard this story before uh, in relation to various albums and bands uh, it was eventually released and became something of a cult record and uh, it was uh, it was then re-released properly uh, back in 2012 which was the first time i heard it so unexpectedly uh, sleep have come out with a new album their fourth in total the, the band has you know a Highly significant legacy within the subgenres of stoner metal and doom metal. Sleep guitarist Matt Pike, since Sleep originally disbanded, has uh, had his own project, which I've talked about on the podcast before, High on Fire, who are also set to release a new album later this year. Uh, so certainly a guitarist and artist I'm very interested in. Uh, we talked about the Arctic Monkeys tracklist earlier in the year being one of the more interesting on paper of the year. But uh, I think this the titles of the six tracks on the sciences really... Um, Really, sort of convey quite how um, you know how epic the music sounds. Uh, so we start with the uh, the title track of the sciences, which is a short um, sort of drone guitar piece. Then we move into uh, marijuana's theme, okay. and uh, <laughs> marijuana has always been a very um, important uh, part to the uh, the creative process for Sleep. You can certainly tell that the the previous album title of Dope Smoker tells you all you need to know, really. Uh, then we move on to a track which is um, a, a, a leftover track from uh, from the, the Dope Smoker Sessions, uh, Sonic Titan, which I think says it all again. Then uh, the punningly titled Geezer Butler, which uh, is spelled Geezer in the style of uh, the Pyramids of Geezer, but it's uh, a, a pun <laughs> on the name of the, uh, the legendary Black Sabbath bass guitarist, of course. Wow, uh, that's uh, pro- probably the highlight of the album for me with an absolutely uh, huge guitar riff central guitar riff then we have uh, Antarcticans Ford which is uh, again <laughs> just seems like a ridiculously brilliant metal song title and then, Yeah, and then finally uh, The Botanist which has one of the more face-melting guitar solos I can remember in recent years uh, as I say this is all hugely titanic stuff uh, it's often very slow burning uh, big build-ups but it's it's really quite blistering material. Uh, I'd say it's a front runner for metal album of the year, right up there with Sleep's finest material. And it's really confirmed them as um, it's really confirmed the band as uh, probably one of the most significant in metal history. I'd go as far as saying doom and stoner are uh, subgenres that you know aren't quite as focused on as much as some genres like black metal, death metal. But uh, yeah, Sleep are highly significant band who have uh, really come through with this new album. It's one of my favorites of the year so far. Awesome. Yep. Um did you want to say something about that?
1: I was going to ju- I was just going to make a comment of, if you were to compare them to a more mainstream metal band who would they be closest to?
2: Oh, um but you can I think you can see the uh I guess you can see some sort of influence on the likes of uh, Mastodon, but their their stuff is a lot more technical, really. Okay. I don't really. Th- I think because it br- it branches so far out into um, you know into more stoner stuff, I don't really find it very easy to compare them to other doom metal bands. Plus, there aren't really any mainstream doom metal bands as such, certainly not anymore. So they're not an easy band to compare anyone to, but they're pretty uh, you know they're pretty psychedelic. So I guess, uh, you know, you could probably compare them to a lot of psychedelic music as well, which is a, a sort of factor in some sort of Mastodon's earlier stuff.
1: Okay, cool. Just wanted a point of reference for uh, the average metal listener.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, a Mastodon are very comparable to Pike's other band that I mentioned, High on Fire. I always think High on Fire are quite overlooked, considering, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've put out a lot of... By the time they put out their album this year, this will be their eighth album, I believe. Uh, a lot of great material there as well. Um Slightly uh, often a more thrashier, um, bit chunkier stuff than Sleep, who are, you know, their music is structured more progressively, but, uh, yeah, an obvious comparison, again, with the same personnel.
1: As our metal guru on the podcast, I want to ask if you, first of all, heard of the band I'm going to say now, and what's your opinion on them, if you do, you're a fan of, or heard of Melvins?
2: Yeah, Melvins are one of the most influential bands of all time, I think.
1: So I've actually, that's funnily enough, one of the... Albums I've been listening to recently, Houdini, on somebody else's recommendation. Oh, yeah. Uh, great album to listen to while people watching in Camden Market, which has a very interesting uh, <laughs> menagerie of people. I,
2: just, I don't know where we've just gone on this podcast right here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Melvins have never really released a mainstream album, but if they have, it's Houdini. I mean, it was mm-hmm. part of that whole post Nirvana sort of thing where any guitar band basically was hoovered up by the record labels in the US. Uh didn't Melvin's never really crossed over. Uh but I know they were I mean Kurt Cobain was a fan. They've influenced Post Metal, Grunge. They seriously are one of the most influential bands in history, yet not many people know they are.
1: No, I, I didn't until about a month ago, so there yeah.
2: you go. Yeah, but no, I've I've only actually got a handful of their albums, but they are I mean, you know, they're just they're a a very important name. Yeah.
1: Okay, sorry for that side note, just wanted to get your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: that's all right yeah I think I've made that clear. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh the other album I'm going to talk about uh, a t- change of direction again, uh electronic music this time. Uh it was I think on the last podcast I said uh, I believed it was a, an album Cable was a fan of, but since he's unfortunately not here again, I thought I'd just crack on ahead with it. Uh especially while the sun's still out because this is probably this has been my album of the summer. Uh it's uh, Knock Knock by the German DJ DJ Kohl's I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. K-O-Z-E um, so this can be broadly defined as techno, but in reality it incorporates a very wide variety of electronic sh- subgenres. I would say uh, it's a real blockbuster album. Clocks in at the full length of a compact CD. I'm afraid uh, a compact disc. Sorry, I'm afraid, Clive. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, 16 tracks long. Uh, absolutely jam packed. One of the early tracks, uh, "Bonfire," has an unmistakable uh, uh, sample of Bonnie Ver or Justin Vernon. Uh, which it's quite a low-key start to the album, but then things really get going with Moving in a Liquid, which is a pure summer-sounding track. The early early track on the album, Music on My Teeth, is an incredible uh, song featuring Jose Gonzalez, really built around an absolutely beautiful snapshot of melody. Uh, there's a lot of that on the album. As it progresses, especially towards the al- uh, end of the album, some of the tracks like Scratch That, Lord Knows, and Baby uh, really have a sort of hip-hop-influenced flavour to them, and that sort of classic hip-hop sampling, uh, which I think DJ Cause has talked about being interested in before, and it's really quite obvious here. Uh, the highlight of the album for me is the song that I have previously described online as uh, the song of the summer. I know that this whole album, but this track in particular, is going to be the one that's going to remind me of this uh, you know, this seemingly never-ending summer, the World Cup, and that's the track Pick Up, which is a really sweltering slice of uh, French House, the best French French House Daft Punk never released. I would describe it <laughs> as. Um, so that's the track to check out. But there's so much for right on this album. The brilliantly titled track, Muddy Funster, is... Um, muddy
1: Funster? Muddy Funster, <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of, um, I think, Ricky Gervais was once described in uh, as <laughs> a telegraph article as... Chubby
2: Funster. A chubby Funster, yeah. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten that. I wonder if that was an inspiration for this title.
1: Quite possibly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it must have been. But uh, yeah, that's a really interesting uh, spoken word track. As I said, there's a lot of um, very different styles on this album. So much to mine. Uh, and I think it really um, it, the cover art, uh, as it should, really conveys the feel of it. It's like a de- it feels like a desert-themed, you know, sort of sunset album. So yeah, it's a really quite um, quite beautiful and affecting album. Another one of my highlights of this year. All these albums are uh, are really great albums that have been released recently that I've talked about today.
1: Excellent. Um, I probably, in all honesty, won't check out the last one. Not big into el- um, electro or ele- electronic music, really, but. Um, interesting, nonetheless, the metal. The metal one. I'm always tempted to branch out more into metal, but it seems like such a bit of a intimidating genre.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's well, like any genre, it's very wide. A lot of different styles. The stuff I talk about typically isn't your most accessible stuff either, because that's what I'm interested in. But this isn't your most metal of metal albums either. So it's not your, It's not a verse-chorus-verse style song album either. Uh, but it's also not ridiculously extreme or anything like that. So, But I think what's interesting, this wasn't intentional, but I've really covered all the bases. I'm interested in today, indie rock, hip-hop, metal, and um, electronic, uh, since I don't really listen to any contemporary jazz, only old stuff. So, yeah, you've had... You've had everything that I'm interested in, really, there.
1: Wow. Full Michael. You've had the full Johnson (laughs) experience. You really have,
2: yeah. The full
0: Johnson, yeah. yeah. (laughs)
1: Clive, any thoughts on those two albums? Um, I want to check
0: out particularly the last one that you've mentioned, uh, your album of the summer. That sounds interesting. But the other one as well. I I like um, Al. Metal is a bit of a gap in my... Yeah, apart from new metal, <laughs> back in the nineties.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that uh, age, I, aren't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't really branched out. Um, got, <laughs> I've done some like hardcore, but it's different. So,
2: oh yeah, yeah, no, um, that fits into the same area a bit. Yeah, okay. maybe a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: but I need to get more into that. So I'll probably at some point ask you for a list of maybe three yeah. to check out to start with. I'm
2: um, happy, happy to do that. <laughs>
0: intro yeah. to metal. That sounds good.
2: Why don't I do it for the next podcast?
0: That sounds brilliant, yeah. Go for it. And I can review one for the one after. All right,
2: yeah. (laughs) Excellent.
1: Right, Okay. well, the finish is off, Clive. Have you got anything else you'd like to talk about?
0: Yeah, I'll talk about um, another album that I've really enjoyed, which is Ben Howard's Noonday Dream, uh, which is the third album by the English singer-songwriter and follow-up to 2014's I Forgot Where We Were, uh, which I was a really big fan of as well. Um, Singer-songwriter is one of those terms that, well, I hate, basically, because I'm a singer-songwriter, but it kind of conjures up to people, some guy, um, Ed Sheeran, basically. Um, (laughs) Whereas it's quite a broad term, it just means someone who sings and writes songs. Um, Ben Howard is more of the kind of folky variety. He's been expanding his sound since the kind of more... He had quite sort of more straightforward, optimistic, I'd call it, folk um, in his first album, Every Kingdom. Um, On Noonday Dream, he continues the development... um, with some really kind of developed soundscapes. There's a whole host of instrumental bedding going on underneath all the tracks, something that he started in the last album, I Forgot Where We Were. Um, the, uh, the, this kind of combined with Howard's very kind of mumbly, murmured vocals on the album, which again was something that he started with on I Forgot Where We Were, but um, has developed further. And, you, were, um, you were
1: talking about Ben Howard, Clive. Just... Fine, bad joke. Bad joke. Carry on. What? Oh!
0: <laughs> that is, that Took me is, a while uh... to get that out. Yeah. I was Sorry. like, what are you doing? I thought the delay I, resist- I thought it was just a really long delay.
1: The first time you said it I resisted but you kept saying <laughs> it
0: and I- <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Um so anyway, he's Now you forgot where we were. He's <laughs> 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 So now he's uh, he's continued with this kind of mumbled, murmured vocal delivery um which gives the whole thing kind of a very backgroundy feel. Um nothing on the album kind of screams for your attention when you listen to it. Everything's quite subtle and even when then um, the album feels quite grandiose. It still kind of feels quite backgroundy for for want of a better word. Um as with all the reviews today, I'm gonna I'll go on to some of the songs. Um Nika Libres at Dusk, a uh, beautiful name there's this bit where after he sings the word perpetually we've got a great example of the sort of subtle and yet great um, soundscapes that kind of sweep you away and um, that you know a great if you've got them on in the background but if you're listening to them attentively they really kind of take you away and uh, you kind of get immersed in it there's these kind of whale noises going on which help to give that album uh, that kind of outdoorsy feel um almost sort of man of nature atmosphere that ben of howard i feel often creates on his albums Lyrically, the song is pretty representative of the album, too. Um, it's contemplative about sitting there, you know, counting dollars, seems like after a, after a tour or something like that, um, while watching birds fly perpetually. Um, there's, again, a restrained vocal delivery, which is quite notable on this song in particular, because there's, there's a melody on it that's, that feels quite powerful and that could be kind of belted out, and it's not as if uh, Ben Howard doesn't have the capability to do that, but I kind of like the way he's restrained himself, and it gives the, the song a different kind of feel. Track three for me is the highlight, and I know it's the highlight for many people. Unhelpfully, I've not written down the name here, so I'll research that. Um, it's something about ships um, an expansive piece start which starts with acoustic guitar the so kind of a solo fading into some sound effects and then eventually building to a again a pretty huge soundscape a word i'm going to probably use far too much as i always do Um with distorted guitars coming in um, towards the end which are really effective because it's not something that you get really through the rest of the album the vocal still never really goes above a mumble which is particularly notable because when the distorted guitars are going, it juxtaposes nicely with that kind of overblown instrumentation and the kind of heavy, sort of grinding, <laughs> distortion guitar riff. And um, it's seven minutes long, which doesn't feel a second too long, um, which is no mean feat, especially for me. It's a beautifully constructed and executed song. I think it's really, really brilliant, and you know, one of my favourite songs of the year, certainly. Um, Next up I've got The Defeat, which is a really interesting track because when it first came on I was like, oh, my Spotify's ballsed up and gone to the wrong album because it kind of starts with this really kind of... It's like a didgeridoo, which I didn't realise at the time until I looked it up, but it's kind of this bassy kind of didgeridoo sound um, which only when the kind of familiar delicate sound of the kind of brushed drums come in, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, got it, I've still got the right thing on. Um, But it's quite... It is probably the one moment in the album where it does call for your attention a little bit because you're like whoa what's going on um creates this lovely groove with the drums and a quite kind of heavy bass dominated riff again with um ben howard kind of mumbling away over the top some tracks are more beautiful than memorable i'd say what the moon does being a good example but i still feel that they fit um sit really well in the context of the album um there's a few that I probably wouldn't take out and you know listen to on their own but as a as an album I think I feel like it fits really really well together things blend into each other really well and you just kind of get taken on this journey. The production is excellent with every set of instruments being kind of really clean in the mix and building the whole atmosphere of the album. Um, they fit really well together, but if you want to, you know, listen out to for a specific instrument, you can do that. It's clear enough. Um, things drop in and out, um, adding variety to it, but it never kind of it never sounds overproduced, it's still got a kind of raw feel to it, surprisingly, which I really liked. The drums sound super nice, like I've mentioned, really crisp and um that kind of delicate brushed feel really really works with the album even when he does some more sort of heavier grooves with it with it um the the vocals are a bit thin and metallic sounding on occasion um i think nika lee at dusk is a particular example of that from what i remember but I imagine that's just because of the way that um, you know he is mumbling and so you have to kind of make it <laughs> uh, audible above the mix, which is quite difficult when you're doing mumbling. Um, so it's a kind of way to make all the words a bit more clear and it certainly didn't bother me. I think it, it, it works. Um, overall, I really, really like this album. I think it's absolutely gorgeous instrumentally. I think Howard's restrained vocal style complements the songs really, really well. I think the lyrics are kind of pretty, although mostly forgettable. I think uh, one of my favourite phrases for lyrics, I'm going to steal it from you, Michael, um, is, I think you said it, dissolved on impact or something about the war on drugs, something oh, like yeah. that. Um, that is yeah. how I've described these lyrics. They're pretty, but you know you don't really <laughs> read into them particularly, and that's fine. I feel like he kind of uses words to add like a tint to the tapestry of the sound rather than a story or a poem as much meaning on its own. Um, although when I... I mentioned this exact point in my YouTube video and some guy sent me like a massive essay Um, if that guy is listening it was a very good essay and the guy should probably you know do music or at least lyrical assessment because it was (laughs) incredibly in depth and very good Um, so there obviously is more to it than I thought but you know for for me it's an album that conveys its feelings with instrumentation and vocal delivery and not so much the lyrics although you know music is different for everyone Uh, this guy like I mentioned he took a lot out of the lyrics and so there obviously is a lot more there than, than I thought but you know experiences may differ, surprise, surprise but really, really great album, again one of my favourites, not my favourite, that's Kid Ghost, but this will certainly be up there at the end of the year it's really great and it's possibly my most listened to just because it f- seems to fit every occasion, <laughs> it's one of those I
1: think so,
2: uh, any, any thoughts on this Michael? No, I've not really ever been interested in but um, bizarrely enough my brother is a fan he's not much of a music fan but if 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 the, if there is if there are things he likes, it's either electronic dance music or some singer songwriter stuff. Bizarrely, so.
0: Good <laughs> um, Well, yeah, there's quite. He's got quite a fan uh, fan base among people who don't listen to that much. Like even people who listen to, yeah. you know, cheering and stuff like that, which surprises me because I think he's uh, you know miles ahead <laughs> of right, people yeah. like that. Yeah. But um, also, yeah. he's, I think it's kind of great <laughs> that he's managed to get um, those kind of oh, people yeah, like, for listening sure. to his kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I think, I think he's great. Uh, he seems like a chill dude as well, just pretty shy and uh, like down to earth. But yeah, really good album. Should check it out. And I, I like the way he's maturing as you know time goes on and trying new things. And he's certainly not stuck to the more sort of poppy. His first album probably would fit in a little bit more with the Ed Sheeran East type stuff. I think it's still better, but <laughs> uh, he's right. gone away from that quite a lot. And he's got these really massive seven minute epics that develop and. It's mm. really interesting. It's really good. Cool.
1: Excellent. Right. Okay. So we've had, we've had quite a, quite a range today, actually. So we've had the full Johnson. Yeah. Uh, which run me through what that is again? We've got metal. We've got hip hop. <laughs> we've got indie.
2: Um, and electronic. Electronic. That's a thing
1: now, isn't it? The full Johnson. Yeah. yeah. We've
0: definitely had the full Fisher, yeah, but
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we'll get a full Fisher one day uh,
0: <laughs> if you look.
1: We, we've had a debate on music ethics as well. Yeah. We have. And we've talked about Space Force. Um, <laughs> a key component. A key component in any discussion. Yeah. Um, one key thing remains, though. Um, Does it? Yeah, I mean...
0: Oh, you must be talking about... Um, hang on, hang on, let me just get the sheet oh. out. Plug time! <laughs> that would have been better if I had the actual plug time thing ready. Um, I'm going to wing it, lads. going to wing it like the good wing old it. days. Do it. Um, at Sting Around Cast on Twitter... Um, you can go on the internet on com, where you can find articles. I'm going to start. I had started, so I'm going to go on a ramble. Surprise, surprise. Um, I had started doing some YouTube videos. Uh, they take really long, so I'm having slight second thoughts about doing every review as a YouTube video just because I haven't got enough time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my, my dreams of being a YouTube sensation maybe hit slightly, but um, I'm probably going to... Write a review of everything i watch, listen to or whatever on the website and then do a video of the odd one. I haven't decided whether I'm going to do videos of the ones I've written, like the ones I give nine or ten to, because I quite like getting passionate about things on YouTube. Um, so maybe I'll do that, undecided. But um, you can, you'll be able to read all my reviews on there, and if it's a video, I'll just post it as a review on there with the video link. Um, so just head to the website, stuff on there. You can find all the podcasts. There's loads of other articles as well, our sort of top... 10s of 2017 which will be happening again in 2018 all the good stuff and um, you can go on facebook.com slash stickaroundpodcast if you want to go for a regurgitated twitter feed that's the place to go if you want to email us stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com or go to the website press contact us a nice little form pops up you can pop in questions you can even a drop-down menu and who doesn't love drop-down oh. menus man I love drop-down oh. menus you can <laughs> you can press the drop-down menu and choose which podcast you want it to go to films, music, whatever uh, and then you know wow. that'll come up as when I get the email and go oh this guy wants it for the film pod brilliant um, so send us emails and we'll read them out um, or, or that form still I get it as an email so it's the same thing but you feel a bit less like you well I just hate using email it feels old now doesn't it it's like I did this in the 90s I was like, should have advanced Did you? um, Probably not, probably didn't actually Probably (laughs) lying there
1: You could have, theoretically
0: I think I I did with my dad, I can't remember Because he was in Switzerland, it was early communication I was still
1: pen and paper Christ
0: knows what Michael was at I was on a (laughs) (laughs) call. The good old days With a porter Um, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot where I was now there's a, we've got other stuff. We've got Instagram slash stick around. I think on that you can head to. This is the one I could have done with the notes for. We've got a page on Just Giving where you can give some money to shelter in our name, and um, which I'm hopefully going to start doing some running races for that uh, to kind of tag up the total there, and um, give some money to a great cause. And I believe that is it. Good it definitely isn't. But oh, Good iTunes five star reviews. Give us goddamn five star reviews because whenever we do. And get five star reviews. We get loads more listeners, so it seems to work. Yeah. So or, get on there. If you
1: really hate us, one, star. one star's fine. Yeah, don't give us any bullshit in the middle. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> no. three star. No one wants that. Don't want any of those ass splinters, do we?
2: From
1: no. fancy. <laughs> you love it or you hate it. yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, we're like Marmite, mate. but we don't yeah. go up in yeah. Brexit. Yeah, we don't get more expensive because um, we're always free. Don't go
1: well with cheese.
0: <laughs> Do we not? I think we're going really well with cheese.
1: Yeah, we go excellently with cheese. What am I yeah. talking about?
0: I mean, listen to the podcast while eating cheese, that is what I'd recommend. Um yeah, right, that's that.
1: Okay. I believe we'll be back next time. I think it's probably time for films again. Or yeah, games. I've got
0: some <clears throat> I've got some filmish to talk about. I think it's gonna be films and games, yeah, if we follow cool. our very strict schedule.
1: <laughs> right, well I've got loads of films to talk about. Um some, weird. Good, some good, some bad
0: oh um, interesting as ever is it a rant bad or just there is of, a rant in there there, there? there is a Ooh, rant oh yeah, yes if that
2: I'm doesn't to you listen I don't know what will
1: yeah I'm gonna
2: <laughs> like gold I'm
1: actually gonna have to record in a padded room next time because I'm gonna need to be pacing
0: wow um, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote the shit out of this <laughs> and I'll explain rant this'll get the crowds in oh yeah yeah you've left us waiting like, since black hat or whatever it was
2: yeah,
1: well, no, I don't you know, know if we can top that. But. No, I'm not saying sure anything's <laughs> going to top that.
2: Was there anyone with beer sat near you? Because if not, then we're not going to top it.
1: Well, maybe me. I was sat by myself while I watched it. <laughs> I mean, it had been a warm day, but you know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, on that scintillating note, that <laughs> that dangle of a carrot for future <laughs> listens. Um, God, he's been dangle. Michael Johnson, and he wants to thank you for listening. I certainly do. And he's been Clive Fisher, and he also wants to thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And I've been Alex Wade. I'm not going to thank you. You know, you choose what to do with your own time. I'm not as good a person. But come back next time anyway, and remember to stick around.
0: Stick around. Stick Thanks around. for hosting. <laughs> <on. Jeez. laughs> Thank you all for listening, rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe, it's Stick Around. Yeah, you do do cheese really well and no one ever says it, everyone's always like, ah, oh, I forget get French cheese, like French cheese ah. is basically brie and lots of different types of brie, which all taste like <laughs> brie, and some of which smell worse.
2: What would Kanye have called his sixth album if he was Swiss?
0: His sixth album?
2: Uh,
0: Jesus.
2: Whoa! Right, cut, cut. Make sure
1: that's in. (laughs) That's going in, don't worry about it.